This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, welcome to Conduits of Trouble, Zolgad and Scoggins and Chip Scoggins. I don't believe I'm overstepping my boundaries here by saying this is your favorite sports time of year. Is yes. that correct? Yes, this is Christmas. Today is Christmas. We're taping this on <laughs> Thursday, and, and the Gophers open up against South Dakota State tonight. More importantly, your Tennessee Vols open on Saturday. Is that correct? Mighty Georgia State. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, bring them you can't, on. You can't sleep on Georgia State. No, no. Why would you want to? Uh, so look, let's start with the Gophers. What are your expectations for this team coming off of what was a weird 2018? Because yeah. defensively, at one point, they looked lost. Yeah. They fired their uh, D.C., uh, made that change, and then won three of the last four. And I don't think the bowl game was as impressive as the win in Wisconsin. No, but it was a continuation. And I think it's. I think you'll see that next step where I think they'll be uh, a contender in November. I'm not saying they're going to win the West, but I think they'll be in the mix. I think with every, when you consider all the factors – Returning talent, being flexed third year, uh, the West being wide open. Uh, to me, in, in the schedule, to me it just feels like eight wins should be the floor for this team. It, it feels like an eight or nine win team. And the offense is going to be good. If, if Tanner Morgan is the Tanner Morgan we saw last year where just, you know, not necessarily a game manager, but it doesn't have to be heroic, but their wide receiver core with Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, those are those two guys could play at Ohio State or Michigan. They're that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tyler Johnson's going to be an NFL player. I think Rashad Bateman will be. Running backs, you get Rodney Smith back. Shannon Brooks is not back yet, but he will be to come back with Mo uh, Ibrahim, who was a 1,000-yard rusher. And after he got, you know, kind of pulled into emergency duty last year, the offensive line is massive, averages 6'5". Where's five. the biggest concern on the line? Left tackle? Yeah, uh, Sam Schluter won the job. Yeah. But um you know if if that fails, if he just struggles and he's not you can always kick Blaze Andrews out and then you move Connor Olson to guard and then uh they have a backup center that they like. So they have options. The right side's pretty stable with Dunlap and then big uh Fahale, he's 6'9", 400 pound I right love tackle. That kid, by the way. Yeah, it's think back to that uh I don't know if you watched the bowl game, but Georgia Tech, he had kind of a blindside moment where he literally basically just picks up a defense in and drives them downfield into the sideline. Like, he's blocking them 10 yards downfield into <laughs> the sideline. I don't remember line. that, but that's, that yeah. does not surprise me. That. He, he's working on his pass blocking. That's you know sure. that's not as good as his run blocking. But running a ball, if he gets his hands on you, you're, you're more times not in trouble. So, And they're gonna, I think they're going to use the tight ends more now. Um, they got three that they like. Um, everybody's kind of buzzing about this uh, Brevin Span forward, and he looks the part. He's 6'7", 270. Um, but they have two guys ahead of them. So and and a you know a, a big 
kind of un, under the radar thing move was uh, Kirk Rocket, their offense coordinator, came back. He, uh, one of his best friends in coaching, uh, Neil Brown, got the job at West Virginia, the head job, offered him the offense coordinator, more money, and basically Shiraka was going to take it and told PJ he was leaning that way, but he wanted to think about some little more, a little more. And three in the morning, he called PJ back and said, "Can I still have my job? I want to stay." And so he's Anthony Barr. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's a big move because he's a good coordinator. Mm-hmm. I, I really respect him a lot. So the offense is going to score points. To me, I think the biggest issue is or biggest question is defensively because last year we saw so many extremes. You saw one of the worst defenses in college football, and then a team that gave up fourteen point eight points per game the last four just completely shut down the run against Wisconsin. Uh, Georgia Tech's triple option they handled. Uh, Purdue's offense didn't do anything when they came in here. So um, they have familiar names back. Carter Coughlin's a big-time pass rusher. Thomas Barber's played a lot of football. He tackles a lot. Get Antoine Winfield Jr. back. He's a playmaker if he can stay healthy. That could be huge if he stays healthy. Yeah, Kamal Martin's played a lot. So they have guys, they have experience now. There's not. This is not a, oh, we're, we're starting nine freshmen again type thing. But they're... Uh, Tackles are pretty much the tackle spots are pretty much rebuilt. You got to see what they have there, and then still, I think in the secondaries with their corners, um, you know those guys because you're tested so often in college football. You know they have to prove that they can stand up. So, but it, it, it's a kind of a long way of saying I feel like it's an eight or nine win team. How good do you think? Um, because for for all the raw raw stuff that Fleck has done, and by the way, it feels like he's toned that back a I little think so, bit. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I've I've that we heard about him from some very good journalists and coaches is that he can flat out coach offense. He can coach. Yep. So how, how much um, does that help or play a role here? And then is, is uh, Soraka sort of his right hand man? In yeah. That? Or yeah. Is this Soraka's offense? Who, whose offense is this? It's funny. And talking to, to PJ um, a lot about this, this off season, it sort of feels like he's uh, given a lot more control to Soraka to, Hey, this is your offense. Now, PJ's an offensive guy, so he's going to have input. But I think PJ's become more of a big picture CEO, all the other stuff. And not that he's not involved. I won't make it give that impression. But he says that, you know, Sharaka does all the play calling. Um, and before, I mean, that was a big step for PJ to let Sharaka have the play calling. And, and, and I'm sure week to week he's doing all the game planning. And, sure. and PJ comes in at the end and kind of looks at it and oversees it. But, um, no, so I think I mean he's been with them a long time. I think it's like ninth or tenth year he's been with them. He's Kurt Rock is a veteran coach, so it's not like he has to hold his hand. And I just think he's he has complete faith in him. So now PJ can focus on other you know parts of the program, whether it's recruiting or the PR part or just all the different things that he has going on. So um, yeah, I mean it's the offense i'm i'm going to be interested to see because in the past we've seen Gophers have really good running backs or you've had like Eric Decker now you have really good you got three number one running backs when Shannon Brooks comes back and you have two really good wide receivers and then you know some guys that are not bad either i mean Chris Ottman Bells yeah, he's, a nice he's, he's a productive Big Ten receiver yeah. he's your third wide receiver and if you incorporate the tight ends too which they haven't done a lot right. and they talk what they want to do it but at the end of the day he's like you got two really good running backs you want to feed. You're going to throw the ball to Tyler Johnson ten times a game, probably. Rashad Bateman's going to get his catches. You're going to run out of plays eventually. I don't sure. know how many you're going. To, maybe, but if you throw it to him four times a game, that's you know maybe that's not bad. What's your sense about 
the defense too, and and what happened there? Like they yeah. that Illinois game, and there were what three games around that time? Where yeah, they, they couldn't tackle. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Um, it it still seems baffling that one coach could have that much removing one coach. Either that, w- either way, right? Either yeah, good or like, bad. Being that bad is unfathomable. Yeah. Uh, as well to me. And being that good yeah. when he's gone. But I think it's um, – I think there are some – couple things. I think there's um, – I think Rob Smith maybe tried to do too much with a young defense and, like, was constantly tinkering and changing and one week they're this, next week they're that. So I think it led to some confusion. I think there's, from what I hear, some personality in terms of coaching sure. that, that just did not click and – you know, whether guys tuned him out or just didn't like him flat out. And so I think there's some personality issues there. And then I think also you can't ignore that they were they were young. I mean, they, how many freshmen, true freshmen did they start last year? And they got some injuries, and so you're relying on a couple of true freshmen cornerbacks. And but then that, win that transformation starting with Purdue, right? Uh, yeah. And they fired him after Illinois, and then it came back. And, and pers- you, you, the thing that um, that surprised me is, like, You'll see it happen for one game, and it doesn't surprise you. Mm-hmm. And they get emotional lift, it's focused, whatever, you know, coaching change kind of – but it happened four times. And it, and so that's what I wrote for, for today for my uh, game day advances. You know, what really is the defense? Is it more like what we saw or the second half? And it's kind of – I'm curious to see which one it is. And I think – and I think – I like what they have on talent. This is the most – this is the deepest defense at ends they've had since I've seen. So the tackles in your mind are the only yeah. spot where you're They brought sure. in a Notre Dame transfer, um, I could do Treadwell, a uh, junior college transfer, um, and a freshman. So they have, I think, three new bodies in there. Mm-hmm. Sam Renner's back. He'll start. The, the Notre Dame transfer will start at nose tackle. He's big. I mean, that's the thing. He He's a grad transfer. He didn't play much at Notre Dame, but he's big. I mean, he looks. Run stopper. Yeah. I mean, Pat he looks like he's 330. Yeah. So. Um, linebackers. I mean, Thomas Barber's played thirty-five, thirty-six games in his career. He's a million tackles. Kamal Martin's played a lot. You know what you're going to get from them. I think to me, the whole key is Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, we've seen when he plays, he just makes he's he's like his dad. He a makes special, big plays. Special you know? teams too. Yeah, he can return kicks. The returns. Can, yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, you think back to last year. Uh, was it the first game or whatever when it was where he they're down the team's down on the goal line and he gets. He basically bites on a play fake, yep. yeah, but he recognizes it and recovers and gets that interception. I mean, how many guys are going to make that play? He is – so we, we both covered his dad, and his dad was fantastic sure. and, and was great as a, a slot corner in the nickel defense. But I've thought that the kid is more athlete, athletically gifted than dad was. He's bigger. He's stronger. Um, like athletically. He has like, instincts like his dad. Too. Yeah, but his dad – yeah, his dad had instincts and was incredibly smart yeah. and thus was really good. The kid strikes me as ha- having those intangibles, but also slightly more athletic ability. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah probably a better athlete. And the thing that's great about him is you can play him at safety. You can play him out wide. He's great in the nickel corner. I mean, his dad perfected that position, right? Absolutely. I mean, was 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 Antoine Senior? I mean, the nickel corner was a re- was starting to become. It was popular, but it started to become a, a specialty position when he took. When yes. he started doing it, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And I would say he perfected because the way he could stop the run and blitz the pet. Remember well, the Philadelphia game where he blitzed like 18 times? Yeah, well, that got that got less, less job. the job and Puggich the D.C. job yeah. that, uh, in, in 2012 or so. 12, yeah. Um, yes, and I, I would say this about Antoine. 
the gift of guys who are good at that position, and this is really tough, and Antoine was such a small guy that it doesn't make sense, is they are hybrids because they're linebackers and cornerbacks. Sure, yeah. And Antoine, if if you, you recall, people hated getting hit by Antoine. Yeah. He would he would well, annihilate him like a linebacker would at that size. Have you seen – just I mean, there's probably even better attack, or stronger tacklers, but just in pure textbook, go at the – Go low and wrap up. I mean, that's what Antoine did. Like he was just a textbook tackler, yes. right? And he yeah, was so incredibly no how sm- smart. And he wasn't big, obviously. Um, but that's how that's how his kid is. I mean, he's you could play him. He's he's really good in nickel slot. Where does so. his if his son plays uh, pro? Where does he project as far as position? Slot corner. I would probably play him slot corner because he's not a, sa- he's not a safety. He, he, I don't think he's safe in, in the NFL, but I would play him in slot corner and and a kick returner, yeah, or punt returner. Yeah. Because think about like how physical he is, and you could blitz him. You, I mean, you know he can tackle. Absolutely. And he can cover. I mean, to me, that's what he'd be. And then, obviously, people look at his name and like, well, his dad was great at it. And mm-hmm. he probably picked up. He just got to stay healthy. Well, that's the thing, it's, yeah. It's been frustrating healthy, for two years. Yeah, because then you can do a lot of different things. And, and, um, and they need to get more pass rush besides Carter Coughlin. Now, they only had 23 sacks last year, which was 95th nationally. And uh, Carter had nine and a half of them, so basically almost <laughs> after wow. you know forty percent or whatever the number is, and so they got to get more out of them. But but they do have they have five guys right now at um, at defense end that have played and that you feel like you know can contribute. That's pretty good. You have a five man rotation at corner or at a at defense end. This is as high as or as optimistic I should say as you've been about Gopher football since. Because some of Kills teams were decent. It's not like those teams were bottom. Probably feeders. since the Mace. Really? Okay. So, yeah. So bypass all, all the Kill teams. Yeah, because I don't know that they ever had. Well, they never had a. And, and I'm not saying Tanner Morgan's a finished product because the, right. the quarterback thing was always an issue. I don't remember them having this kind of skill t- uh, skill position. That's, I mean, you think about. It, yeah, I, I think you're right. Tyler on Johnson, Rashad Bateman are going to play in the NFL. Tyler Johnson is going to be one of the best receivers mm-hmm. in, in college football this year. Rashad Bateman is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And then you add Rodney Smith, if he's healthy, which I think he is, with Mo uh, Abraham. And then if, if Shannon Brooks comes back and is the Shannon Brooks that we've seen, and there's no guarantees because he's had some injuries. But if he is, you have three number one running backs. That have, I don't think they've all hit 1,000 yards. I don't think Shannon has... I think the other two have. Roger Smith has, yeah. Yeah, so I think the other two. But Shannon's probably at 900. You've got an offensive line that's got size, right? you got enough that's big. doesn't mean they're great, but they're big. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like offensively, if if Morgan, if they don't get hurt and Morgan, I don't don't want to undersell him because he has to make plays. Right. But just don't throw a lot of interceptions. Well, sure. Throw those. But he's got, but to your point, he's also got the weapons that, you know, you don't have, if you're smart, yeah. if you're smart, you don't have to be great well, with with that many potential weapons, especially because play action should work. Sure. And and how many times, and it, it always staggered me last year that this continued to work. How many screen passes to Tyler Johnson do we see? They must throw him nine a game. And the defenses just play off him. Maybe because his size, they're worried that he'll Get by him, but they give him a cushion, and they just keep throwing those those slants and screens. You know what it was? The slant passes. He just it's what the Vikings wanted to do. Oh, last with yeah, Flip. Yeah. <laughs> D. Right. Filippo yeah, wanted yeah. to do that. Yeah, just slant them to death to the receivers, though. Yeah, not the backs. Sure, just slant them, screen passes, and bang, because yeah. that's a free. Because if it works, it's fifteen yards. It's 10, yeah, ten fifty, and 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 they do it so many times with Tyler Johnson. It's just like you're sitting up there, and like why didn't they? How do they not know they're going to do this? I 
I'd be willing to bet somebody a Coke that his first catch tonight is going to be a slant. You know, just yeah. right quick slant, and he's going to – same with Bateman. So, yeah, so I I can't remember – feel more optimistic about – and part of it is because the Big Ten, I think, is wide open. Um, I think Iowa's the most complete team, but check out their road schedule. At Iowa State, which is no gimme. Which, by the way, sounds really weird. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, and that game's always been tough. It, they they that, struggle. That game's against, always been tough. But I'm just saying to talk about the Cyclones as like, oh, that's not an easy game, which, which is not now. That guy's done a good job. He's a good coach. So you have you're at uh, at Iowa State. Yep. At Michigan. Yep. At Northwestern. Yep. At Wisconsin. At Nebraska. <laughs> that's their five road games. So what do you think realistically they're going to go in at three and two? Oh wait wait wait! So I because because the Cyclones so the State, Cyclones game is never never easy. At Michigan's going to be a loss probably. Okay. At Northwestern, how was Northwestern well, this year? Every time you think they're not that good, they they win eight games. Well, he so. also <laughs> he finds a way to he also does the uh, Patriots thing. Yeah, like they'll lose some godforsaken non conference game, then, and you'll be like, okay, they're off the map this year. And then they don't and lose in the Big Ten. You turn on the TV in October, and they beat somebody really good in their own I conference. I mean, some people think they'll finish second or third, but it'll be tough. Sure, like I don't think they're going at Wisconsin. That's what's your expectation uh, for the Badgers? Because I think I, I think you could win that game. I yeah, I, I don't think Wisconsin's. It, I don't think they're as good. I mean, they got a new quarterback. I just don't think they're as. So let's say they beat. Wisconsin, Northwestern. And then you're at, uh, who did I say? To, uh, did you give me Nebraska? At Nebraska. Okay. Which You might go two and three. You'd be very fortunate to go three and two. Three and two, which means. If Nebraska's as good so as the pundits think. now you're looking at ten and two without, without even playing a game at home. If Nebraska with Scott Frost is as good as the pundits expect them to be, which I'll, yeah. I got to sort of see it a little bit more to believe it. You could be two and three. Yeah. Iowa. So is nine and three going to win the West? You know what, Chipper? And, and I'm not. Joking here, if you look at the Gophers and the talent that they potentially have in a schedule, and and there's oh their schedule absolutely, but I'm saying the talent, the schedule, no Michigan, no Michigan State, mm-hmm. no o- Ohio State. Why not this year? And well, I, and by the way, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to go to into Indianapolis and win the Big Ten title game. Yeah, okay. You're, I'm just saying your end of the conference. That's why I yeah, is winnable. That's why I think I will be disappointed in their season if they're not content. It, 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 you know. We're not talking if they get a rash of just crazy injuries and all that, but um, if they're not if they're not contending in November, right? Yep. And I'm gonna pull out my my trusty preview magazine here. Um, if they're not contending in November, that's why I love. Because I just Goggins. think yeah. which one, which one you got? I got the Lindy's here. Oh, the Lindy's one's good. So, and it, a lot of times when you know, when do you remember the excitement of being a a, a young kid oh, and going to the store? And buying kid. like two of those. <laughs> oh no, but no, but I mean, yeah. when you're, but but you didn't have, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, I still buy them. Yes. But now we've got the internet and all that good stuff. I'm yeah. saying the excitement of when this was your only access to season yes. previews. And, and so, so here, Wisconsin schedule. You're at South Florida tonight, tomorrow, tonight, or Friday, Friday night. Okay, but they get Michigan at home. They have to play Michigan State at home. Ohio State on the road. At Nebraska, at Minnesota. Yep. So you, Wisconsin, they have to play Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, the the three best teams in the in the East. Wow. You have a road game at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Yep. So, so why? How, how are you so why pick? not? <laughs> so why not the Gophers this year? That 
to at least contend for. I will say, I think Nebraska, people are picking Nebraska. I think they have a pretty manageable schedule. Now they're at uh, Colorado. You never know their, their road games at Illinois, at Minnesota, at Purdue, at Maryland. Easy road games. Yep. Is, uh, I'm not saying at Minnesota is easy, but at Maryland, you know, that's at Illinois. But they have, you know, they draw Ohio State. Um, and then that's their one tough crossover. Here's what I want. So I, Nebraska ha, Nebraska's schedule is on par with the Gophers. Okay, but uh, but that doesn't. So you could contend with with sure, them. Sure. I just think Wisconsin and Iowa have really tough schedules. So here's what I want at a minimum: Gophers' schedule in November is Penn State at home, at Iowa, at Northwestern, Wisconsin at at home. I want those games to be games in which you're contending for the conference, uh, the Big Ten West. And I want those games to be fun because of that. And I would really like to see the two home games. I don't care how cold it gets for the, for yeah. there to be actual fans who care there. And it, I think it will be. And my buddy Pat Forty, who's you know one of the top college football writers, he thinks they're going to be the Gophers will be eight zero going into that Penn State game. Um, maybe I, you know I I could see seven and one. Uh, Nebraska, little, maybe the, the the, Nebraska, but us Purdue. I think they're going to come back to the pack a little okay. bit. I, I, I so just, Nebraska would be the likely loss, but that would yeah. But at least the game's here. Yeah, I think they can. I think the the Gophers can go to Purdue and win. I just I'm not sold on them. I mean, I know Brom's done a great job, and they got some. Um, you know, Rondell Moore is a really big time talent wide receiver, but and then you know it's hard to compare one season to the next. But Gophers just throttled them here last year you know mm-hmm. and I just I wasn't all that impressed with them but so you know if you're seven or one or eight no going in that Penn State game then that last month is going to be fun you know so I, I would be what really I would like disappointed to three less than that to, to your point in the column that I think you wrote on Sunday about uh, TCF Bank Stadium now being at what 10 years yeah well it's 11 years can you believe it they're starting their second decade there you know, Chip. Last year was the tenth year. You know, Chip. As I as I age, I realize <laughs> I time time goes by. You know, when you're young, time seems to go so slowly, I and know. you can't wait to for your birthday and the next year. And now it's just like it flies by. But to the point of your column, and, and I, I know that there have been missteps here in pricing and things like that yeah. for sure. So I'm not blaming fans, but I would love to see meaningful football games attended because, and, and I think you brought this up in the column that you wrote on Sunday as well. You know. That opener against what TCU? Yeah, that was as much. Awesome. And now you've you've been to big time college football. But here, I have not as much. I've been to I've been to Wisconsin, but I've not been to a ton. But yeah, but as far as that night, the feeling of that primetime game, mm-hmm. stadium was pretty full. The Gophers played a really hard game against a tough game a against. Team. Yeah, I'd love more of that. Yeah, I mean, you get that. We've had it five times. So, I mean. Basically every Wisconsin game, but TCU, the, the, you know the whole, the yeah. But the last Fleck Wisconsin game here, right? Was the didn't they get their drawers blown off? Yeah. Or was that yeah? To that that wasn't that much, you yeah. know. I just but, it would be so much fun to have a meaningful month with two football games where people are excited. Yeah, and that's like as a college football fan, it, it stinks to go in there on a November where it's reasonably important. They've had a couple of those. Uh, I mean, Mark Cole talked about it. Um, I did a column with him. Was it last year about the attendance? We've done a lot on it, but it was during the Clay's. Uh, during the Clay's year, he walked in there and it was a pretty important game against Northwestern in November, and there was twenty thousand. I was there. there. There's twenty thousand people there because uh, 
Don and I want his fans to, I think the two games, late season games last year. It wasn't super year, cold either, right? It was, I mean, it was chilly, but it cold. wasn't, it's, but it wasn't no, no. five degrees. But I want it, if it's five degrees and they're good enough, yeah. I think people will go. I'm not sure of that, but I think that, that they will. But I went to the two as a fan, and I think both of them, late season games last year. And, you know, they were rallying. And yeah. They, they yeah. Had turned things, they turned that corner a little bit, and they were playing, you know, they're playing competitive, Purdue. competitive yeah. games. And it was dead in there. Yeah. And there's nobody there. And I remember taking pictures and tweeting them out. And people get mad at you because you take the pictures. But it's like, folks, this is no one's here. This is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is disappointing. And and so if they can. I want to pop up here because it starts that way. And then if you can have sustained and I'm not asking for off the chart success. Yeah. But if you could have a sustained competitive program now for gopher football, as as you know, because you've covered this team forever. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, it, it, I don't know. They, they they need to create the environment first, and they they've done good things with pricing, and they you know they had this flash sale, and it, that just goes back to the pricing on these tickets and that scholarship yeah. scene. They they had a flash sale of ten dollars ten dollars tickets. They sold over seven thousand of them in twenty four hours or whatever it was. What does that tell you? People are not going to pay right now premium dollars to go watch them now. Unless you're the Vikings, I don't. I think teams around this town they have to start doing flash sales. They have to get the, the Twins basically did that, right? Didn't the Twins do what was what it? Amount of you, flash didn't, sales? you didn't. You got upper deck. They got a nine dollar seat, right? Or what? Uh, I think the first time they did it, you did get a seat. The second time they didn't, and then I want to say the last homestand they did a nine dollar ballpark access. Which, by the way, this last one in that, yeah, yeah, because it's tough now. You've yeah. got it is so competitive with. All of these teams trying to put p- people in, and the what the one thing that the golfers have going against them, I think, as well at, is is the fact that that stadium, it's got no perks to it. Yeah, like it's, it's fine. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't have the bars, the, the special bars, <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah. all of those. I mean, yeah. you look at Target Field and uh, US Bank Stadium. US Bank, exactly. Yeah, they got the lounges and the bar. Yeah, it's got some of those things, but you got to have spe- You know, you can't yeah. just there. I don't think there's a bar that um, Joe Blow, Judd Zolge, can just yep. go, go in and start drinking and say, ha, ah, go for football. Well, it's – it's. Right. I think all the teams in town are friendly, but there's definitely a fight for corporate dollars and, and fans. And part of it is just – I mean, it is so expensive nowadays for pro – or any sports that people just do not – I think back in the old days, maybe 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe 90s, families had season tickets to different teams. I got Twins tickets, I got season tickets, I got some for the Vikings, or I got – Gophers and maybe the whatever. Yep. I think now people have it's either or. I got to pick because you know we got scholarship seatings and we have the donations you have to get for the Vikings when they move in their statement is like thousand bucks before you even get your season ticket or whatever it is. Um, I think businesses have to pick too. Yeah. Not just families. Yeah. And if you think about now the cost of parking, mm-hmm. you know if you go to a Twins game and park in that ramp now it's fifteen dollars to park in the ramp. Yep. And just, then what's your tickets? Whatever it is, and then, then yeah, nine bucks for a beer and you know. It's, and where football, where it's really tough on football is, it's a better sport on TV. Yeah, yeah. Like but baseball, it, you can be like, I'm at the ballpark. This is great. Hockey, I think there's no competition. Hockey live, be live. thousand yeah. times better. Yeah. Uh, basketball, I don't know how they feel about it, but you know, it's certainly not a bad sport to watch live. But if you think about it, do you do you want to get up on Saturday and drive down TCF Bank Stadium? By, and by the way, parking's no treat down there. Sure, finding yeah. a space is no treat down there. Or do you want to roll out of bed, turn your HD TV on, get and your drink can your of cheaper beer, beer, cheaper beer, and your bathrooms right, you know, yeah. right by you? Well, that's the thing, and so you have to, 
you have to create an emotional attachment to the team and feel like, well, everybody loves a winner, one, right? Well, think about it, like the the attendance for the Twins the first three months was pretty abysmal. Now, some of that was the weather, but once they once people saw, hey, this team's fun, they're, they're winners, mm-hmm. then they started coming back. I'm wondering if if the Gophers will get any kind of bounce out of winning the axe, or is that they need to see more probably? But but those types of things, you got to create one. They got to have fun at the games, but you got to you got to win and <laughs> create yep. an emotional attachment. You got to have a fun team, and I think the Gophers have that. I think they have some players that people recognize. You know, Tyler Johnson or Rashad Bateman are fun to watch. Carter Coughlin's a fun player to watch. Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. is a fun player to watch. So I think if you'd won the Axe in October and played more games, it definitely that would have done, now, yeah. now the fact that it's at the end of the year and people have, I don't want to say forgotten it, but it's certainly not top of mind necessarily. They probably sell some season tickets right after. I'm sure. guessing. I'm, I'm sure they flooded people with you know how yeah. teams do that. But um, but I think like what they, I, I just think teams, and I don't know why they don't do it. Do more of those flash sales where you just basically give t- tickets away ten bucks. I mean, you're, they're because not they get, don't because the, they don't make season ticket holders right. angry. That's, I why, understand they, that's that. why they don't do it. But I'm but you're but, not sitting next to them, right? And I'm with you. I mean, but you've got you've got to put butts in seats, and that's my whole thing that I've never gotten is if you're not going to draw, okay, if this seat sits there empty, I'm not selling uh, cokes, I'm not selling hot dogs, I'm not selling souvenirs, merchandise. Yeah. So to what you're saying. Ten dollars, okay. Now you're gonna buy something. Yeah. Now I, you know. Well, and I've talked to I've talked to uh, executives around town, and and they're just so fearful of making the season ticket holders angry. Yep. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, here I come, Chip Scoggins. I plot myself down to you. Hey, this is great. How much do you pay? Yeah, I got in for ten bucks. Well, I paid. Two or five thousand dollar donation or whatever the heck it is. Well, you're you're a sucker, sir. Yeah, you're a sucker. Well, why don't I just do what you did? And now all of a sudden, now you're losing season tickets. So they they have to protect. That's the big fear in basketball but, but too, right? But the thing is, like, you're not those seats that they're selling. Odds are, you're not sitting them right next to the people that are playing premium dollar, right? They're sitting upstairs. Probably yes. I mean, you're not you're not yeah. getting front row seats. Well, you just t- but you have to find a way to get people in this. St- I mean, you've got to. The, the thing about being afraid, I, I get, but at some point in time, you also ha- have to say, we are costing ourselves a I lot think that, of money. I think they've reached the point where the fear is over making season tickets. Because odds are, if, if somebody's going to buy season tickets to Vikings, Gophers, Wolves, what, whatever, they're emotionally invested enough that one guy sitting down next to him who's got a cheap cheap ticket is not going to be like, well, that's it. I'm done with this. You know? Right. You, you pretty much probably already have them, right? Right. Now well, you could you could lose them if and if when, you don't win or whatever. But and when Norwood put in the scholarship seating, scholarship seating that that's when a bunch him. of my friends all said peace out because they all went for fun yeah. and to drink beers in a parking lot and well, they didn't and and they didn't really care how the team d- did if it, it won that was great but if they didn't so they they all immediately said oh I'm just out the the thing that Nor on that whole thing and and I can still I remember my mind right now so. That year's they went, went. That is the season they went to the the New Year's Day game down in Florida, the Citrus Bowl, <clears throat> and Jerry was popular. And a lot of a lot of schools are doing the scholarship seating, so it wasn't like they're the first one in 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 the country to do it. They're probably one. They're playing catch up with it, but but you got to know your your audience. You got to know the history of the program, and and they what they did was they called different media outlets in at different times, and I went over with Joe Christensen is our turn. Star Tribune, it was Norwood and some consultant from some 
that gave them the advice, and they're saying how they're going to roll this out, and they're explaining it to us. And I'm sitting there shaking my head, and Nora's like, "Why?" Well, I was like, "Ain't going to work. This is not going to work." I, I, me and Joe walked out and said, "This is going to be an absolute disaster." And it, cause you just know you can't have one little plot pop up and think that people are going to go for five thousand dollars or whatever how much the, those scholarship seedings were. Right. And on top of what they're paying for, and then some people got moved. It's just that was not the timing was terrible. Well, you needed you needed five of those seasons before you could, you know, roll out with people and expect them to sure. bite the bullet and say, okay, you know, it's a lot more money, but I'm willing to do it because the team's on really good solid foot. I mean, they had one pop up season, and they tried to roll out this m- massively, um, this massive price hike and. I don't. I would love to know how many season tickets they lost because of it. I think I know at least three people who were involved in tickets. I would. I would bailed. I, they just and they just they didn't even ask questions. I would I feel comfortable saying bailed. eight to ten thousand. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, you know, I just think people just walked away. Well, and in this market too, you've got to know your place. Sure. That's the other thing is if this was a college town, it might be a little bit different. People might be mad, but they'd be like, "Well, it's still the only show in town." Mm-hmm. But here, you can just to to your point from before, Chipper, you can just say, "Well." You know what? Let's put that towards a partial wild season ticket, yeah. or a Viking season ticket, and you're gone now. But how how bad is, is this across uh, college football as well? Because, Attendance, yeah. Oh, it's because, a major problem because this is not a gopher. No, no, to no, be no, fair, no. this is not a gopher no. problem. Heck, no, it's a, it's a major problem. Alabama, uh, the athletic did a big story. Uh, uh, I forgot the writer, but she went down and um, spent a week without or some days with Alabama because they're like they're losing fans, so. Ohio State has lost fans, um, Wisconsin. So your typical, like, the biggest of big programs that are used to have Is the theory here it's television peeling people away? I think it's television. I think it's money. I think it's convenience. But, you know, Wisconsin is an interesting one because, yes, there's other pro teams in that state, but Madison yeah. is a college town. So that that's you know if you say alabama or madison wisconsin you're talking about towns that rotate around that college yeah so i mean it's and alabama you're talking about the preeminent yeah. program that wins national Absolutely. title so um i think it's convenience i think it's money i think it's um the time i just think um as much as anything i think it is money i think it's money and convenience where it's just such a big expense, and I think people, if you're you know you're watching your budget or whatever, you're like, I would love to go, but I do, you know we just can't afford season tickets right now. It's easier to watch it at home, and if there's a game I really want to go to, I'll get it on the street from somewhere, right? Because I, yeah. I hear that from a lot of fans, like from Gopher fans, like you know what, I really want to go to like Wisconsin game or Iowa game or you know a big game. I really want to go to you know Georgia Southern game. And so why do I want to pay for the whole season tickets where I could probably find them on the street for 25 bucks or whatever? Yeah, it's probably so true. So I think people do that. Yeah. And so they got to – it's different. You know, obviously every school is different, but I think the Gophers just have to create the buzz and emotional attachment, and winning does that. You know, if they have a good year, like, that thing will get more and more full. And if they keep doing those flash sales and create the atmosphere, sure. somebody who bought those $10 tickets, you know, I don't know if they'll buy season tickets, but they'll – the next week – they might buy, say, let's go down there and try to scalp and get one for forty bucks. Sure, and then well, and this might be tough to, to do, but I remember I covered a game. I want to say it's probably three or four years ago now. Um, it was against Purdue, 
and it was a Saturday, and it might have been an early kickoff, but it was a gorgeous fall day, like as perfect a fall day as you could get. And the stadium was not full at all. And I thought to myself, the problem here is this should be a situation where if you're a dad or a mom and you you wake up and it's a gorgeous day and you're like, what should we do on this Saturday? Let's take our kids or our kid to it. Because it would have been a perfect day just to walk up, buy a ticket and go Mm -hmm. in. But it's too expensive. Yep. So that would have been a perfect day for for what what baseball can do, which is our season ticket base is not as – high as we'd like but we had a great walk-up yeah well that's and that sort of goes to your flash sale idea of of discounting tickets enough where that becomes a reality and i will say i will give mark cole and his staff their marketing staff credit because they've really like tried to do all kinds of different priority points where if you you know if you're a season ticket holder you spend x number of dollars you get to be on the field or you get to have meet and greets with Patino or Fleck or just all these kinds of different, there's a whole kind of catalog of things that they, that you can pick from. And so they're not just saying, well, there's nothing we can do is this is how it is around the country. You know, fans aren't coming. I mean, they're really trying to do uh, creative things. And so, I, but I think that flash sale, I, I'm guessing the success when you can sell 7,000 tickets like that, and it, granted, they're ten dollars tickets, so you, it's not going to be a huge revenue stream, but it's better than zero. It's still, but it's still people coming to your games and buying things. That's buying, my thing: parking, is buying yeah. things. They're they're spending money in your stadium, which is what you completely miss when mm-hmm. you say that the price of tickets are the price of tickets, and we're not discounting. Well, them. and how many people will of those seven thousand? This might be their first go for game, mm-hmm. and they come and like, you know what? That's pretty fun. Yep, that team's exciting. The, the, you know. The stadium's cool. The, the atmosphere is good to Because it'll be a good atmosphere, season opener. All the students, all the freshmen are there. So the student section should be full. I so. wish the kickoff was at 7, but that's just, yeah, I'm just older. Yeah. As, older. A, as an old. I'm an old guy who wants to get to better. As a, well, as a guy who's going to be on sweating bullets oh, on deadline. Oh, you've got the deadline yeah. problem, yeah. Yeah, i got deadline issues tonight. Uh, tell me this, and we, we obviously covered this team together for a while. Why can't the Vikings ever seem to get, at least in recent years, their kicking situation figured out? I was thinking about this. So, <laughs> it really does drive me crazy. Well, because Zim, this is unnecessary. Because Zim, it's just like his thing, you know. But wh- was the combination of Dan Bailey and Weil as a punter that bad that they had to introduce a new trade for a guy with a draft pick? Bailey was not doing well in practice, and but, I guess Weil was not. But no, there's no. There, you, you should have just left it but alone. But Zimmer talks. He he talks about Bailey like he loves him. Like he's he trusts him. So why why did they and now now you're and so it's cor- you created a problem where yes. I didn't think a problem existed, did it? I didn't think so, but he was Bailey was struggling in practice. Zimmer but I thought when they brought well, they, in Nate Kading as kicking consultant that yeah. Zimmer was sort of gonna divorce himself from that side of things a little bit. Yeah. So we wouldn't get this constant, you know, what should I do? I gotta bring in and this Corey Vedvik here here's the thing. Collar thinks that they're going to cut Vedvik and keep Weil and Bailey, but I keep telling Collar and you, you've covered Rick essentially as yeah. long as I have. Rick Spielman does not give up a fifth-round draft pick and then just cut the guy three no. weeks after without without at least a major fight between Mike well, Zimmer and Rick Spielman. Well, he knows if he does, one, he's just going to get torched, right? Because yeah, you basically you, just gave away look, And you look silly. And you look silly. You look like you don't know what you're doing. Correct. I mean, you look completely just like you're throwing stuff up in the air and hoping something works. And... You can't just give away a fifth round pick and cut a guy two weeks later or three weeks later. I mean, and I don't. They're not going to keep all three, right? 
I'm not, you know, I told Matthew, I'm not so sure that, that they want to start with and have Vedvik kick off. Would you cut a linebacker to keep? A... Well, that, but this is, okay. So, no, I would not personally, but having covered Rick like we have, I, this is where I think I would love to be a fly on the wall in, uh, in a TCO Performance Center on Saturday. Yeah. The conversation before the cuts between Zimmer and Spielman, I'm with you, totally agree with you, but if you're Rick... And you're not going to keep all three. Like, are you going to cut Wile? I guess you could, but Wile's punted. They've said, you know, much better. better. Yeah. And I don't ever think anything was really wrong well, with yeah. him. He takes. I think he takes a little bit too long to get punts off at times, but it ain't going to ruin the world. No, I mean he didn't have any block last year, did he? I can't remember, did he? Uh, the Green Bay game. The Green Bay game. And, yeah, and right. he does. And there's times where he looks sort of deliberate. But anyway, that's you can fix that. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on what you're saying. I don't know how it's going to play out. Well, I just, I, I, I will be stunned if they if they cut Vedvik. I mean, I just don't think. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm sure Zimmer's probably has no faith in the kid right now because of. Now, the one thing that I do think they might do is they might cut Slaughter, so that's going to create another roster. Because didn't they keep three last year? Three court, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to keep three this time. I think the whole thing with Slaughter's got yeah. to be. It's too Carried much. Away. Yeah. It, no, it's just too much, yeah. and. And so if you go... Um, but even some three specialists? I know. I, I'm not agreeing with what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. trying to project on how they're thinking. <laughs> they right. think different with, than I yeah. do. I wouldn't have screwed with this. So but so do you think this is... It must be Zimmer just saying... Did he go, did he go in there one day and say, I can't trust Bailey. we got to do something. Well, I think... After, it, after he missed two kicks in, in a training camp I practice. Think Mike, I think Mike does freak out about kickers. I think it's twofold. I think Mike freaks out about the kicker. And and I thought that the presence of Kading would help with that, and clearly, yeah. I guess it's just wrong. The other thing, though, is Vedvik. If you recall, when that news, when the news that he might be traded broke that that Sunday morning, right before the Vikings traded for him, hours later, one of the teams that was in on it was Chicago, which is obviously also screwing around with kickers because yeah. Matt Nagy's gone absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that's Rick being cute, being like, "Oh, I kept him from Chicago." <laughs> I, I, you can roll your eyes. I'm just trying. No, to, I, I, you're I right. I, I don't disagree. I, I, like, there's nothing I'm defending here. I'm trying to put together a pieces of puzzle that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why you're goofing with this at all. I, I think don't either. You're introducing draw. I think there's enough God-given drama for every team in the course of a season that you don't introduce more because no matter what these teams say, distractions create problems. Sure. So just keep them to a minimum. You, you're going to have outside stuff happen to you. Why? Why are you inviting in issues? And and the thing is, is like Bailey's veteran enough that yes, if you're trying to send a message, come on. Well, and you did the same thing to Forbath because he missed some extra points, but he also made one of the you know the, the big yeah the huge field goal. I wouldn't have messed with Forbath. No, I wouldn't mess with Quigley because he missed an occasional extra point. I wouldn't have messed with Ryan Quigley. No. I would have just left that alone. I mean, the one thing, and I tweeted this. For all of Brad Childress's faults, you know what he did when he got here in 06? He had Cluey. Say what you want about Chris, but yeah. at that time he could he was pun- a good punter. Good yeah. punter. He went out and signed Longwell, who was a very reliable mm-hmm. veteran kicker. He had Cullen Luffler as his long snapper, and he left them all alone. Mm-hmm. And this and is it, Brad, who loved to tinker and fool and around. Like, I I don't even know what's wrong with McDermott. What was wrong with him as the long Nothing. snapper? They decided to draft a long snapper, and they other thing maybe cost with him. Maybe he felt like he can go cheaper there, but it's like, is he that much? Is that really where you're going to save money? 
I know. I mean, you're bringing back guys on defense left and right because Mike wants them back, and you're really going to save money on your long snapper, who, by the way, was also just fine yeah. and gave up part of a finger for you at one point. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I have no idea why they introduced all this drama in this because I just feel like you've created more work for yourself than. Damn, he's going to be fine, right? He'll be fine. This is not going to help him. No. Okay, so if no. he's not going to be fine, and and if you had brought in Vedvik at the start of training camp and said this is a competition. I have much less of a problem sure, with it. Yeah. It's introducing this halfway through camp. Yeah. And then, and also going in with two long snappers. You don't have a long snapper <laughs> company. There's no such thing. I know. You pick a long snapper by, because that guy needs work. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's all timing and reps. And now, and who's the holder? I think it's going to be BB. Well, if you got, wow. But if you kept Vedvik, I think Vedvik can hold too. Although I think it's going to be BB. Yeah. BB seems to be holding more. Yeah. Which. I don't know, Chip. It's just. Yeah. It's just this has been such a quiet training camp, and that's really yeah. that's great. But I don't understand why you would introduce issues. Yeah, it's you're not teenagers here. Well, I just think it's funny because Zimmer mentioned the other day is like he just he needs more patience with the kicking game or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's just like well, well he needs to back off. <laughs> I know, but they you know I, what does Nate Keaty get? Is he at practice every I day? I have no idea. I, I asked to talk to him in mini camp, and they said Nate's not going to talk yet. We're going to wait a while on that. So I don't even know. I think he exists. I think I've seen him, but I'm not well, he quite didn't, sure. Well, he didn't start camp with him, right, because he was doing something down in Iowa, and then he— That's very possible. At, I didn't at, he, after I was denied my request to talk to him, <laughs> he moved on. I backed off. <laughs> I backed off. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I am going to be fascinated to see what they do Saturday. Oh, on cuts? Yeah. Yeah, so am I. Well, if they keep all three, it's admission that they screwed up by trading it, and they didn't want to admit— Here's my here's my other question uh, coming up. The fact that they cut uh, Brian Robinson last year, which I did not see coming one yeah. bit at all. Uh, and Newman obviously decided to retire at that yeah. time, which I think they pushed him to retire. Is there a surprise cut as well? No, I, I mean I don't think Treadwell will be a surprise cut because he's sort of no, he's not. Um, and I I can't think of one. I mean, if Griffin was having a really bad camp, but Collar tells me he's having a good camp. Yeah, I can't um, think of one that's going to shock me. I don't. I I don't think that there'll be a surprise because there's not like that veteran that's. I mean, B. Rob was. I want to say over the hill. He was on his last legs. Yeah. I mean, it would be Griffin if he had come back and not look good. It, yeah, if he wouldn't look good, but he, I mean, he looks. But he looks fine, I guess. But so. he, yeah, and he's he's still starting. You know. Yeah. I mean, so I like think he's, I think he's fine. I'm not trying to insinuate he's going to get cut. Yeah, I don't think there's any starter that would be like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I, I, the one that's going to be the most noteworthy is Treadwell. So I think if you keep five wide receivers. Your top four probably settled, right? Your top four and, and BB and Johnson and BC Johnson is now doing four. all the work with. Uh, so it's it's one two three. It fought. Or wait wait wait. You've got Thielen, Diggs, BB. B.C. Johnson, so yeah, so that there's a potential fifth in there. Is there any way? But they're going to keep more tight ends as well. Is so. there any? Is there any way Treadwell is that fifth guy? There is because he can play I mean, special teams. No one's really stepped up and won that. No, it's been underwhelming. They yeah. they like B.C. Johnson, obviously. Yeah, but, and he, he's your four for sure. Yeah. So I I would I thought at one point there's no way Treadwell sticks, but it's like who else is really? Does stepped? it matter at this point? It, it doesn't matter. The one uh, the one place I think they're going to regret not having addressed more, and I. Really don't like the fact that this guy just basically walked into camp with a job is a client at right guard. Yeah, that guy that needed competition. That's yep. that was a mistake not to have. And uh, not you know if you could have upgraded significantly, I would have. But let but I think you just 
like it makes no sense to me to bring in competition for Dan Bailey halfway through training camp, <laughs> and Klein, who was coming off a bad year, yeah. is just sort of gifted the job. Give the job, yeah. I, I don't understand that. And I haven't. Followed. And by the way, guard, I'm all for competition. Sure, kicker, do it right. I haven't followed uh, like the line play in preseason games enough closely, but the reviews haven't been great there, have they? No, and they looked the, the three for thirteen game three performance by Cousins was not all on Kirk. That line did not look very no, good. No, yeah. Well, you you've got real problems because well, Brian O'Neill is Riley Reef is aging mm-hmm. and looks like he looks like it's taken a toll. Elf line, I'm told by by th- those who have watched a lot more practices than I have, has struggled to make the transition. It's not been smooth, and he you know he was great as a rookie at center, but then he was hurt, and yeah. he had a tough year last year at center. Bradbury's just going to take some time. That's yeah. not fair to expect him to be a pro bowler. Uh, Klein, and then o- O'Neal, who is yet to play in a game, who, by the way, I told those guys, I'm sounding the alarm here. Yeah. They, you, this still is a very, race on it, right? This is a very twins thing, too, though. It's just day-to-day. Don't worry about yeah. it. Oh, my God, he's not going to play for six weeks. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. And so Rashad Hill, who I don't mind as a backup at tackle, is not a starter at tackle. No. Yeah, and... And Kirk is still Kirk, so you have to... If this is all going to work... The protection has to be sufficient. Mm-hmm. It can't be just well too bad. I mean, at some point, Brian O'Neill is going to need a couple weeks of practice. To, you can't just I, cart him out there. Yeah, okay, he didn't play in a preseason. Right to start. Right to call him, baby. <laughs> That's right. Or I'll do it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, because it, they, but they just keep saying, "Don't worry, don't worry about it." It's going to be well. And it, it's funny in the post game press conference on Saturday after the Cardinals game, Chris Thomas and the Pioneer Press said something to Zimmer about O'Neill being back for Week One, and Mike said, "Did someone tell you that?" And Chris is like, no, is he not going to be? And Mike said, no, I think he will be. But but the point is, yeah. you can't ever take this no. stuff for granted. No, no. And, that's, and Brian O'Neill, if anyone needed training camp, sure. it's a guy like Brian O'Neill. I don't yeah. care how good you think he's going to be five years from now. Yeah, no. I mean, all of them did. And just having them all together, right? I mean, just having the five unit, the five guys working together for for once. You know. All right, sir. Well, this was fun. Enjoy your college football yes. weekend. It's back. I'll see you in the press box. Little Rocky Top. That's right. Yeah. Come on, give give us some more lines of Rocky Top. Once two strangers climbed a Rocky Top, looking for a moonshine still. Strangers ain't come down from Rocky Top. Reckon they never will. Corn don't grow at all on Rocky Top. Dirt's do Rocky Top bar. That's why all the folks on Rocky Top get their corn from a jar. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Woo! There you go. All right, we're done. That was awesome.